Hey, my name's Ben Simmons. Not the one that quit on the 76ers, but the one who's going to be living in his parents' basement until he's 40. I want to tell you about Mama Fuku noodles. They've changed my life. Have you ever been hungry in the middle of the night, only it's 2 a.m. and you ran out of Hot Pockets? Have you ever been home at 7 p.m. and you realize no one's cooking for you and you're on your own? Have you ever eaten great ramen and said, that was good, but man, I wish someone would make me great noodles. Well, Momofuku noodles is the ramen for you. I'm addicted to them, just like the other Ben Simmons is addicted to missing free throws, passing up dunks, and quitting on his team. Get Momofuku noodles from my friend David Chang, wherever you buy your life-changing ramen. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else, like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit, where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to, though. But take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dome Media. Thank you, Ella Tingo, as always. Go check them out on tour. Go check out all the bands on tour right now. We have uh, Stanley Cheng as an interview uh, today. Chris Ying and I spoke to an individual that has been, dare I say, one of the most instrumental figures in cooking. And you may not be familiar with him, but you probably have used one of his products or you may not know how much he's influenced products that you use because he's been widely copied and imitated. Chris, like he's sort of like the godfather of uh, pots and pans. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he gets into some wonky stuff. I mean, he he's he's like so passionate about like the technical side of cookware. I think, like you said, Dave, he he's he's the biggest guy behind the stuff that we use like Circulon, Analon, KitchenAid stuff, anything that you buy, Rachel Ray's cookware, he has had a hand in. Do you think that he's like, Is does every cookware company have a Stanley Cheng type of guy at the top who's just like he, he's so special I think because he comes from the manufacturing side first right? Like he's the guy who knows what's happening with the product first. Is That that seems rare, right? Yeah, I mean he's an engineer by trade and, and um you know, in some ways, I think he's been the manufacturer behind the manufacturers mm-hmm. as well. I think in this interview, he is not really shown how Hydra he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. If, if there's like a positive version of Hydra, it would be Sam. <laughs> right? Right. Is there a better? I think uh, as crazy as that sounds, I think maybe the best example I can give in a bizarre world, if Hydra was just limited to kitchen and pots and pans, it would be Stanley <laughs> Chang at the very top instead of the, the the guy with the Red Baron dude. Yeah. It would be a very altruistic, good-natured Stanley. Yeah. 
So we don't. Did we don't I re- do justice at all to Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's totally one of those things where you like you have like a, a basement and you've got like a cork board with strings tied between all these different pans, and at the very center of them all is Stanley Chang. He's just like yeah. In the I mean, more of or less. If you there, there's a good chance that something in your kitchen, both professionally and at home, has been inspired, copied. Uh, someone copied Stanley, or it is influenced or made, or some version. The the the, the, the it's like no more than two degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's I think our Hydra, if Hydra was bizarre, world positive, not negative, <laughs> limited to the scope of the kitchen supply universe, pots and pans, and it would be an appropriate. <laughs> Before we get into uh, the Stanley conversation, I actually have a relevant Moif question that came in through Discord. At Ape with a Knife asks, I've heard you say everyone needs a nonstick walk, but then I've heard people say walks aren't really worth it unless you crank the heat on them. Is the nonstick walk more about the shape and utility versus getting real walk, eh? Nobody in a home kitchen should ever bring up the word wake unless you have like a 10,000 BTUs gas stove. Mm-hmm. Let's just not say that. That's like saying, I need a pit crew for my car. <laughs> 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 I need to change my tires in under one second. You know, like very few people should use that in a home kitchen. Although I have seen some home kitchen setups that do create wake, but I think for the most part, no, I don't think that is the case because that is the nature of it all. And we should, we're going to have Kenji on to talk about his book soon enough. Um, whose upcoming book about cooking in a walk at home, mind you, is amazing. But like, again, like I don't use a walk because I don't, number one, I'm not good at it. Number two, I don't have the BTUs. BTUs meaning the, like the energy and three, because you can't create wake and use a walk in the proper way, I'm not worried about cranking up the walk in a high way. I mean, like in an intense way. Like I don't use a a, um, a traditional walk. I mainly use for almost all things at home cooking a nonstick walk or walk skillet or walk hybrid. Should we should we explain really quick? I'm, I'm just wondering if we should explain ape what, ape with a knife's question for mm-hmm. our listeners. What so, do you mean? He says it. <laughs> I know, but I'm just I, I, I mean, if you don't understand what wake is, first of all, if you don't speak Cantonese or or haven't worked in a Chinese restaurant, maybe you're not familiar with this this terminology. But this is the So n- let me tell you what it is. Wake is uh, like an experiential restaurant technique where you take a wok and you take like a chicken that's roasted and you burn the wok uh, you you burn the hay in the wok and you put the chicken in and you bring it table side and you tell a narrative about how special this chicken was yes. and how the hay smoke so it's is a- important because of the narrative of the chefs growing up in a farmhouse it's and this a, is how his it's mother It's a traditional was, Chinese was cooking technique developed by uh, the Scandinavian chef Nicholas Ekstedt. Yes, this is this is what wake is. <laughs> by the way, his restaurant is fucking sick. <laughs> Which is awesome. No, so wake is like the flavor of a, a roaring hot iron wok, you know, I think Kenji talks about it being some matter of like the the 
particles of of oil vaporizing in the air around the food. You know, it's something to do with like the hot steel hitting the food. It's it's just like, and what Dave is saying is to get this flavor out of a steel wok, you need 10,000 BTUs. You need a, a fucking jet engine underneath your wok to produce this taste. You need you need, you need Targaryen dragon <laughs> you fire. Need, you need dragon <laughs> fire. You need dragon fire to create this. And this this the question from Abe with a knife. That's what it tastes like when you have like a proper fried rice, right? <laughs> Where you taste that like, oh, that's a little smoke. That's a little like tastes a little burnt, but it's not burnt. It's just right. It's not know. burnt. It's not burnt. It's it tastes like it tastes like heat. It tastes like just like the distilled flavor of something really hot. And the question Abe with a knife is asking is why you know if if that's the if that's like the important thing about a walk. Why am I using a nonstick wok, which can't, you know, sustain or shouldn't be used at ultra high temperatures? So, like, that's the essential question. And Dave is is about to explain. So, yeah. so I'm basically saying right off the bat, don't cook anything at home using super high heat because your height is probably low heat. <laughs> <laughs> your your stove's your stove on high is the pilot light you know for what, a Chinese you know what restaurant. I'm basically trying to say is like you think you know, it's like. Fast at a local high school in in the middle of nowhere America is probably very slow <laughs> compared to an Olympic sprinter, <laughs> right? right? So like that's basically it. You know, okay. it's like not you're not supposed to if you're not going to cook over super super high heat. There's really no point, you know. And I've seen setups where people cook over uh, like a a green egg, or they do have some like insane setup at home where they can cook over high heat. That's great. I'm not saying no for the, I'm just saying for the majority of people cooking over high heat is actually pretty low or, or pretty, it's not even really that high um, for most home kitchen setups. So I'm not too worried about that for me. That's why it's off the table. Number two, maintaining a walk is actually pretty easy if you use it all the time. If that's your main thing, which again, cooking over a um, not a, a a black steel pan, if you're using that a lot, like if you're in a fish station at a French restaurant or a restaurant that's like uh, that uses a lot of black steel, that's an amazing way because it's a little bit lighter, but you're using it all the time. It's it's actually a more efficient way of cooking. If you have like 24 of these pans, home kitchen I think is a little bit different. You just need something that can cook a lot quickly. But it, it's not over ripping high heat. And again, what Stanley will get into the conversation, one of the biggest uh, faux pas for people cooking in anything that's nonstick is they cook, uh, they heat the pan empty, naked, mm-hmm. without any food in it. That just is not what you should do. The whole idea of cooking in a nonstick wok for me isn't to get wok hay. It's to cook something as quickly as possible, as cleanly as possible, with as little cleanup as possible. That's it. I'm not trying to cook anything in like a wok wok, right? Yeah, I can stir fry some things, but it's it's I mean it's taking the other principles that are important to a wok, you know, and Stanley gets into it. Like those high sides are pretty unique to a pan. Like the flat bottom and high sides are pretty unique. You can push food around the pan so that not everything is getting the direct heat and the at the bottom where where you know it's touching the heat source. And then I I mean I think like Dave when I see you cooking pasta in in the wok like that to me is like sort of the, the the best explanation of the whole thing it is a super deep pan that you can still use like a fry pan like it has the it's capacity a super deep pan that i use to cook food for four to six people yeah you know what i mean like it's just so versatile that you know it, it's positionless you know one thing we never we always we're always like sort of celebrating the the wok 
the wok cooks and Chinese restaurants. And one thing we never really talk about that I love is like on a on a restaurant wok, like the gas uh, is like turned on and off by like a big handle. That's like at waist level or a pedal or a or pedal, pedal or a pedal doing it with their knee, but they're doing it right? with their knee. That's like, that's the, that's the beauty of the whole thing is like, they're just bumping this thing with their hips, their knees, their legs. Like they're, they're like, that's how they're controlling the heat underneath their walk. It's yeah. just like, you ever, you know, like when you see like uh, like a, a fighter engine or like top gun, where you see the afterburn of a plane, that's what is shooting out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> but you know? I just love like it's like so, the walk is in one hand, their 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 spatula, they're like the kind of scooping spatulas in the other, and they're just using their lower body, <laughs> lower body to control the heat, which is it, awesome. It, 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 it's it's a lot of like it's like if you're galloping, <laughs> it's like if you're galloping without you know like a. Like Monty Python when they're going around horses, that's what it sort of looks like. Yeah, they're totally. It's totally like a, <laughs> David's doing the next viral TikTok dance right now. <laughs> the walk, hey. It's not the giddy. It's not the gritty. It's called the shitty. <laughs> so, so that that that's that's it. So I know we just got off topic here. Not a surprise here on this podcast, but I just have too much respect again. I'm not saying you can't cook with a wok because I would say more people in this world probably cook with a proper wok than not. I would, I'll probably throw that there. I do know from talking to Stanley that nonstick woks are extremely popular, particularly in Asia. I just, for me, I don't think I'll ever, you know, there are actually, there are times I want to use off when I want to steam a large piece of fish or something like that. But like, it's, it, I put it in the frequency of using a cast iron skillet that just collects dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Using a proper, like, like every time I look at the cast iron skillet, you know what? I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have it maybe 10% less delicious when I'm cooking something because I don't want to clean that fucking thing. (laughs) Right, Mm. right. I look at mine and I'm like, I have not maintained you well enough. I I can't bring you up. (laughs) That's like how I feel about the walk and the cast iron pan. I I just, cast iron skillet, I'm wondering, should we all just get rid of it? It's an interesting question. I've thought about this a lot because it just sits there and it's so heavy and I don't touch it. I just don't touch the it. The fact that I have to clean it makes me want to never cook in it, which is true. Like, I would love to cook a, a, a piece of steak in it all the time. Oh my God, the cleanup. Mm. But the cleanup, it's not worth it. The, the, the return on investment on a cast iron skillet is not worth it unless I'm on like a uh, city slickers outdoor adventure <laughs> on a campfire. <laughs> Oh, man. We should do a city just cooking out of the chuck wagon. Yeah. It's exactly like the cast iron pan because there are people who cook exclusively in the cast iron, right? Yeah. Like that's the only and way I'm to do it. I'm not friends with I'm not friends with <laughs> I like to eat their food, but I, I, I don't know them. I don't know them. Yeah. So, no, I, I think that uh, in the Democratic Republic of Chang, we will smelt down all cast iron pans and turn it into something else. <laughs> what? I don't know, but we'll just smelt it. We're going to melt them all down. Oh, I think like I should into, get rid of mine. Um, Maybe I should just get rid of mine. I'm, I, what am I doing with it? It's just there making, compromising the structural integrity of my shelves. I'm going to make it, maybe get rid yeah. of mine. And that layer of crap that's building up. Oh my God. There's like, that's the thing. It's like, I put like a little paper towel or newspaper on top of it just so I don't have to see all the crap that's underneath there. It's bad. It's bad. So no, uh, I, I, that was a good question. I, wh- so the question though, by, by, by the, that was sent in, what is he advocating for? Uh, or she? Or he? Him? Or her? Ape. <laughs> ape with, ape a knife. with a knife. I think they're really asking, like, 
are you just getting the nonstick walk purely for the shape versus the actual function of, you know, a, a walk hay? Does that make sense? So is it more the of like the shape of, a, of the pan? Yeah. And Stanley gets into this a little bit, but basically it's like, what's the advantage of a nonstick walk if you can't get walk hay in it? And I think you said it. It's like, it's just, it's a big pan that you can cook. I can cook, cook a fucking lot of food in it. <laughs> a lot. Okay. A lot of different foods in it. And it's really easy to clean up. Yeah. And when you have to cook meal after meal at home, that's all I give a shit about. Yeah. Do you do the mental, do you do the mental calculus, Dave, of like, because you were saying, you know, uh, with a regular. I promised myself I was only going to curse three times. I think I've already broken that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to curse less. So you're, you're talking about how like a real, like a, a, an iron, you know, a steel wok in a Chinese restaurant, you have running water all the time. Like they're, they're basically like churning things out of the wok, rinsing them really quick with a steel wool, tossing it out and then cooking the next thing. Do you have like a similar process though with your with your home cooking or your like nonstick wok where you're like thinking about the order you're going to make say three or four dishes where you can like oh I can put I can make this just quick as a stir fry it'll be pretty clean then I'll just yeah, do yeah. the next thing so so I'll just do a quick rinse of it after it's cooled down a little bit because mm -hmm. I even professionally I try not to put cold water or or any kind of water on a hot pan because it will warp it over time. So I let it to come down just a little bit so it doesn't sizzle, mm -hmm. but hot enough where I can rinse it out and wipe it out with a towel, and then I move. That's just what I do. Yeah. You know? yeah. Basically, anything that I have to cook where I can't do that, I don't cook. <laughs> if it doesn't fit into the rinse and wipe system, yeah. then it's not on the menu. <laughs> Correct. That's amazing. Well, I, I, like I said, Stanley Stanley gets into some of like the, the highlights of the shape. So Ape with a Knife will get a, even more of an answer from Stanley in a, in a second here. All right. Here's, here's the goat, <laughs> Stanley Chang. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right, so we have Stanley Chang, 
we wanted to have him on this podcast because on our Discord and just in general, there are a tremendous amount of questions uh, we've received about what pots to buy. Is Teflon still okay, even though we've talked about it ad nauseum? What 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 what's the what's the best pot for X? What's the best pan for Y? And I'm not the expert, but we're talking to arguably Chris. Wouldn't you say, you know, the Mount Rushmore of pots and pans? <laughs> right. I, I think that I was going to say we we have all these questions about what pots and pans to buy, about the pots and pans in our in our cabinets, and we brought in the guy who probably made most of them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, as you know, I am the old guy here. I've been in the industry, would you believe, for 51 years. So you've been doing it since you were one year old, Stanley. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I have got, certainly got, observed all the changes in the industry, and I think I have answers to most questions. So this is exciting for me to have a chance to really share my experiences uh, and with the with the public there are a lot of misconceptions in, in the marketplace. Yeah, hopefully, this is an opportunity to help that I can help to clear some of these misconceptions. Um, I mean, basically, Chris, I don't think Mount Rushmore is, is appropriate or fitting. I think goat status for the pots and pans industry, <laughs> the greatest of all time, uh, is, is more thank appropriate. <laughs> because, Stanley, I don't even know all of the innovations you've created for pots and pans that have now been sort of copied, you know, globally. What are some of the things if you're too embarrassed to to, no. to humble to talk about it, but like you've done what are like you've done so much. Like what what uh, how do you explain right. this to people? Well, okay, I can name a few if you if now would be a good time. Yeah, in some reasons over 50 years I have done a lot of missing back to the from the very beginning, going back to the early 70s. At the time, yeah, one of the things that um, that I did, the first things that I did was to was to create a, a, a tell the world about the Chinese walk and make it user friendly for the world. The flat bottom walk. I invented the flat bottom Chinese walk. At the time, the Chinese walks were made of these cheap uh, carbon steel. They rust and they sit on the ring, a ring, and for the American uh, home, the American cooktop and ranges. It's, it's flat top. So you see, sit in this ring, it slides around, it's very dangerous and the very poor heat transfer. So I, there was one of the, one of the earliest inventions that I did was say, Hey, why not, why not tell the world about the Chinese walk? That a quarter of the world's population that use a Chinese walk, they couldn't possibly be wrong to explain what does it actually do. So I created the non-sick Chinese walk and, uh, and then it, it actually got some uh, wonderful design awards that I wouldn't go into. That was the first, and that was back in 1972. I mean, Stanley, that's like the equivalent of inventing the seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stanley, I, I know you invested in the seven. You, you introduced it in the seventies, but can you? I, I mean, I, I feel like there's a there's a large audience that still needs some introduction to the like the the magic of the walk. I mean, right. Kenji Lopez is about to put out a big walk cookbook. Can you can you just summarize a little bit of like what? What is that introduction? What 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 makes the walk from like your your engineering mind, your innovation mind? Like what makes the walk special, and and what's interesting about a walk shape? It's all really from the consumer's perspective, really. That the walk is it's perhaps the most versatile 
piece of cookware in the kitchen worldwide. And it's used really widely in all over Asia. It's not only just in China or Hong Kong or Taiwan. It's in, in really other places in Asia. What's so good about it is really, it's like all pans in one. You can use it as a fry pan. You can use it to stir fry. You can use it to pan sear. You can use it to, to make a soup if you like. You can make it, you use it to steam. It's, it's so versatile. Almost anything that you, that you want, you might want to do in the kitchen, you can do it with a wok. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the oil, the, the way the pan is shaped, liquids and oil will flow to the center of the, of the pan, which is actually where you need it as well, particularly oil or, or water. And, and this is, it's just so versatile and the heat is concentrated in the bottom of the pan, which is great. And then the way that, that slope, that very tall sloping sidewall, well, that's wonderful too, because you may not want everything to be so hot at the bottom of the pan. So you can push it up the sidewall, which is a, a feature that no other, no other pan has in the world. That it, well, some of the people try to, try to emulate that and create a platform on the fry pan, a, sec, a second level. But the Chinese walk is really very convenient. There are many things that, that uh, why the Chinese walk does so well, which is why it continues to be the most popular, um, really cook, piece of cookware around, well, certainly in Asia, in the Asian community. And, and it's not limited to the Chinese uh, community. And, and you were saying, you know, you, you, you introduced the nonstick walk. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what percentage correct this statement is. Stanley Chang invented the nonstick pan. What percentage? What no, percentage? I did not invent the nonstick <laughs> pan. Nonstick pan was invented actually. Dupont's Teflon was in was introduced to the world in 1964. We made the, the decision in 1969 as a company. I was still in college at the time in engineering. And uh, to, to go into that, to go, to go into the non-stick cookware business, but I did not invent non-stick. I only, I only created the non-stick walk and then the flat bottom walk mm-hmm. that I did. And, um, but that's exciting. That actually, that the non-stick technology has evolved so much. There's so many misunderstandings about that, that we can certainly talk about. But, uh, just to go through some of the unique things that I did that, that I, that's, uh, that's meaningful to the American consumers or around consumers around the world. I, I in, introduced the tempered glass lids around the world, the, which is very, very popular. The glass lid is tempered glass lid with a stainless steel ring. And that's something that I introduced to the world. And then we call the product Cook and Look. <laughs> and still, we still use that brand, that name in Asia, but we, we stopped Wait, using so, that. So Stan, Stan, Stanley, hold on. Anybody that has a glass lid to their pot, you, 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 you invented that too. I introduced it. It was invented by a, a small Japanese company, but then I brought it to the world. Yeah, so it was in Japan. It was in, done in a small way. Yeah, I, I did not invent it, but I, I certainly popularized it around the world. And um, so anything that has a glass lid is something that is, is a knockoff the, of the Meyer glass lid, the cook and look. Oh, man. Stanley, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but to hear from a manufacturer, an engineering perspective for anybody that is still gun shy or f- afraid to embrace nonstick, can you can you give people like a brief history and your sure your stance on all of it? Clearly, you're pro, right? So, what um, mix of nonstick cookware, nonstick is a material known as PTFE. Uh, it's a chemical name 
acronym that stands for polytetrafluoroethylene. Okay, it's a mouthful. I'll say it again for polytetrafluoroethylene. So PTFE for short. That is the most slippery with the lowest coefficient of friction material in the whole wide world. It was it was accidentally invented by uh, discovered by Dupont in 1937. Was introduced to the world in 1964. And to this day, it's still the most slippery material in the world today. And uh, so that that's that's wonderful. But it's very soft. It's not durable. So that's why you know different hard, different non-stick technology, not to improve the non-stick, but just to make it tougher. So you, then you have uh, as of uh, the past uh, few years, you have ten years now. You have a a a, a coating known as ceramic non-stick. Which is actually quite clever play on word on the word ceramic because people everybody has ceramic cups ceramic plates at home so people think oh wow that is very safe people are concerned about the safety of non-stick that's the fact that it may scratch worse still the Dupont they came up they they own the name Teflon and they were the biggest manufacturer of non-stick coating in the world and they in the process of making non-stick coating. They, they use a, a, a material known as PFOA to, to make, to keep the PTFE uh, resins in suspension in the liquid form in the manufacturing process. Let me just say it uh, emphatically. PTFE is a hundred percent safe, totally safe. Even in the ingested is hundred percent safe. What wasn't safe is PFOA. But that was only a material used in the manufacturing process to produce PTFE at the time. And we're going back 20 years ago. But DuPont actually, since they, they, it was, uh, they found out the PFOA was, uh, causes cancer. And uh, they had a, a big class action lawsuit that DuPont, I think, lost um, a lot of money, billions of dollars on this. So they, they stopped using PFOA 20 years ago. For 20 years, there's all non-sick pens don't have PFOA anymore. The, actually, it wasn't just uh, DuPont that used PFOA. All the manufacturers of non-sick coatings use PFOA because they bought from DuPont. The whole industry changed. So nobody uses PFOA anymore. So the non-sick pens today, let me dispel, dispel this, this uh, myth that non-sick coating, non-sick pens are not safe. Non if it, non-sick pens are safe, certainly our non-sick pens are 100% safe. There's no PFOA in it at all. There hasn't been any PFOA in it for 20 years. It is totally safe. What we have, the advancement in technology is to make it tougher. But in terms of, in terms of uh, non-sick performance, so it's still the best. It's 10 times more durable than ceramic coatings. Yeah, there are many brands for that. Yeah, is it, they, they just, it's, it's a nice product, but it's just not durable in terms of non-stick release. Stanley, Stanley, you're being too diplomatic. <laughs> you don't it's a nice you product. You don't really mean it's a nice product. <laughs> Come on. Well, I, I have to be kind, right? Well, no, let, let's, let's, what, what makes it, what, <laughs> what makes it such a nice product, Stanley? What makes it, no. I mean, what, what, I mean, basically for Stanley's, uh, language usage for yeah. those that's listening uh replace nice with another four-letter word i think that's what stanley would like to say <laughs> it's well, a nice I, product I, like like i like am a, not eloquent like you dave with these four-letter words <laughs> <laughs> no it's a it's a nice product like a like a girl calls you and he's a nice guy that's that's the kind of nice yeah. we're talking about yeah. here what uh so i mean stanley 
I mean, like like Dave said, plenty of people in our audience on our Discord have been asking this question. In that sort of eighty to a hundred dollar, one hundred and fifteen dollar price point for your bang for your buck, what mm-hmm. kind of nonstick pan? What kind of nonstick fries pan are you are you pointing people toward? Well, the best nonstick fry pans today is still what well, they are. The two of them though, they are they are equally good. One for aluminum, it is without a doubt the best is. It's a hard anodized non-stick fry pan. To this day, if it's aluminum, hard anodized is the best. If it's stainless steel, there's another coating, another process that is uh, that is uh, really used by a few, very very few manufacturers in the world, and we use it called plasma, a plasma substrate to toughen the stainless steel surface to to create the high low system with uh, with a plasma technology. And uh, which is in fact similar to hot anodized. We have this micro high low system, which uh, applied to the non sick to improve the adhesion of the non sick coating and makes it super tough. I'll stop at that. I can continue, but no, I'm getting it. too technical. I love it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like I'm just, it's musical. <laughs> it's musical to hear you talk about this stuff. No, I, I can, of course, talk a lot more, but then this is not the time. <laughs> Maybe it's the time. I don't know. <laughs> if you'd like to hear more. You know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, can you can you give us a sense of from the t- 51 years you've been in the business? Do you feel like I'm, <laughs> I mean, I actually I, I know what Dave would say to this, but do you feel like the consumer now is much more? I mean, you're you're talking about now not getting into into the technical stuff because you don't want to bore people, but is today's consumer much more savvy and knowledgeable about what they're buying than they were when you started in the business? Surprisingly, no. <laughs> I think surprisingly, I think I think the internet. I think these these savvy marketers, they are you know with the all these uh, ceramic coating coated cookware. They are, they, and and then they, and there are worse coatings than ceramic coated cookware. There's a silicone coating that people use on bakeware, for example, and people use that on cookware. There are there are there are, there are some super popular brands that I I wouldn't mention on the show here. That are, that are, that are good to start with, but in no time at all, in a matter of weeks, not even months, the, the coating would, would scratch and will start to peel. And the non-sick quality, even if it doesn't scratch or peel, the non-sick coating would simply stop releasing food. And they, 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 that applies to all these silicone coatings out there. It's like bakeware. Those of you that have the experience, have experience with bakeware, you say, wow, you know, it feels good initially, super slippery. But it's not use it thirty times, the non sick quality starts to deteriorate really badly. It's not non sick anymore. So you spray Pam on it to emit to, to <laughs> or put butter on it to, to but then that 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 is silicone coating. Ceramic coating coated cookware is not it, it is better, but still it really after realistically if you use it on a daily basis. In a few months, a year, the release property will, will deteriorate substantially. The coating is still there, but the release, the non-sick property, wouldn't be as good. When you're we're talking about like silicone coating, is this silicone coating is this the same thing as like the sil sil pats, like silicone mats and things? Like those will lose their well, non-stick. No, it, it, it's a little bit different. It's a di- silicone oil. Okay. It's not silicone. It's not solid silicone. I see. I see. I see. Yeah, not 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 silicone pads, but it, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's silicone oil, and which is a wonderful, very slippery material. The problem with silicone coatings, like on what's on bakeware, people people understand bakeware, right? 
is that every time when you use a piece of bakeware, you know why why it is non-stick? Because a little bit of the silicone oil comes off. It's a self-sacrificing coating. It come, the silicone oil comes off with your food. It's not dangerous, but you are ingesting it. Mm. And then that's why it is non-stick. It's, a, a, it's self-sacrificing. So how many times can you sacrifice yourself, the coating? <laughs> it's like 20, 30 times. And, and then it starts to be really bad. Stanley, can can you sort of reveal like this this scheme from these companies that do the silicone spray because it lasts what a handful of times? The first time you use it is like the greatest nonstick pan of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these manufacturers have uh, refund warranty, blah blah blah. Get your money back. Do, in this industry, is it something like do they calculate the price knowing that? After they know after like six months when someone uses right. it, they're never going to return it. Well, I, I think what what is evident is that there are a few very successful brands. I would not mention the names in the marketplace in the past 10 years. They have six very successful with silicone coated uh, cookware. And initially you can, you can tell by the really slick, very smooth, oily surface of it. I said, it's like bakeware. Do you really? The best equivalent. It feels great to start with. Oh, there must be really, but then and because of the self-sacrificing nature of the coating, it just doesn't last. Whether it's manufacturers, it's up to them. The honorable ones might might be willing to really refund or or really replace the, the pens. Uh, but I understand there are uh, multiple class action lawsuits against some of these companies, and then they are fighting it. They are fighting it out in court. And uh, because they are not willing to, not really, it's a, it's a liability to these companies that uh, if they have to recall everything, gosh, or, or place everything, this is cost of fortune. Stanley, can you give us a number of how many honorable companies there are? <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, they are, they are, they are many of them, I, I should say. The word many, I, I, I don't want, I, you know, I, I'm quite, quite, they're multiple, you know, it's really, but yeah, they are also a lot two, of- too diplomatic, you know. You, yeah, well, you, you, they, come on. you know, come on. But there are class action lawsuits out there still pending. And these companies are, a lot of these companies are fighting it because their products actually don't last and they mislead the consumers. They make great claims. Uh, they say, okay, how, how wonderful it is. Oh, it's, it's uh, I, I, I have to stop myself from saying a word <laughs> I was about to say. That it would, it would give away the name of the, of the, the brand. <laughs> they, 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 they are very good marketers. They tell great stories online. They do these, uh, these really half hour, uh, infomercials to talk about it. It's wonderful. And, but a lot of us actually have been burned by buying um, buying products that that, that are wonderful, but they you know, sound so good with an infomercial. And in reality, the products don't live up to the claims made on the infomercials. I'll, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I mean, Dave, in your house, are you you're basically exclusively, I, I think, nonstick ceramic donabe and any day, right? Do you use stainless at this point at home cooking? I, I don't. I mean, I have the, my Heston pans are there. If I was cooking, I mean, this is what I, I debate because I have, I think Heston is is best in class. And I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I was using it a lot more for, for, for sauces and stuff. I, I don't remember the shape 
Stanley, what's the shape of the one that I love the most? The, oh, the, sh- the chef's pen, which is like the Chinese walk. Yeah, yeah. I think that is one of the best constructed right. pan in the world. It's amazing. Yeah, we call it the chef's pan because the shape of it is, has a big slopey sidewall like the walk. And then, and then if, you, if we call it the Chinese walk, people will say, they say oh, I don't, I don't use the walk. Yeah. So but the shape is, is basically the same as the Chinese walk. It does have a, a single a long handle, which a lot of people like instead of two side handles. But that is, this is a chef's pen. It's one of the most popular it's so shapes. so good. I love the, f- the handle feel is great. It's just a great pan. Again, if I was in a professional kitchen, if I was working, say, like an entremetier station and I was building out a new kitchen, I would probably have like, I would I'd probably ask Stanley, like, I need like 15 of those in different sizes. So when I'm cooking serious, like real cooking, Chris, mm-hmm. the Heston stuff comes out, mm-hmm. you know? But for day-to-day home use, it's all nonstick. Nonstick wok is my my bread and butter. I use it for literally everything. <laughs> I was going to say, when Stanley was naming his various uses of the wok, he didn't list uh, making spaghetti <laughs> and yeah. meatballs yeah. in there, which is a Chang favorite. <laughs> I make everything in yeah, in, in that in the chef's pan, it's a wonderful even even doing pastas. But like several times, you know, as we talk about nonstick pans and the hard anodized and 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 now the nanobond, you know, you talk about the hardness of of the the surface or the, the or how hard right. these things are. Is it an aesthetic benefit? Is it like you said, it just doesn't scratch? Like what what does hardness bring to the pan? I know Chris, that sounds. Dumb. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> that gives me a chance to explain nanobond. <laughs> Just an, yeah. I'm an alley man over here. Yeah, right. So nanobond, what the consumer will see, the first thing you will notice is uh, nanobond is ultra smooth. On the inside, it has this really beautiful mirror polish uh, uh, surface. On the outside of the pan as well, mirror polish inside and outside. You might say that, hey, why stainless steel? Why don't people mirror polish stainless steel on the inside? They do. However, if they, the, those that have a, a stainless steel mirror polish uh, interior, we have done it before. We're still doing some. And then, but the first time you use it, you're going to scratch it. It wouldn't look good anymore. And that's why people, uh, stainless steel manufacturers do not mirror polish the inside of the stainless steel because it doesn't last. It frustrates the consumer. That's why they all do this satin finish or sunray finish to hide the scratches so that the consumers don't feel bad about it. But Heston Nanobond is different because it's super hard. It, you cannot scratch it. Well, if you try hard, yes, you can scratch it with a knife or utensil over time. You see these very minor scratches. But in restaurants, we have tested it. Or you, the restaurants have used it, some uh, Michelin three-star restaurants. After six months, honestly, they claim, this, the chef de cuisine tell us, they use it a hundred times a day. Six months later, that pan looks like new. When you when you stand six feet away from that used pan in the restaurant, the mirror polish, the beautiful shine is still there. Compared to a brand new nanobond pan, you cannot tell the difference if you stand six feet away. Okay, if you look up close, yeah, yes, you can see very minor scratches, which do not affect the performance of the product. That's, that's incredible. And then, so in that, another great thing is, okay, stainless steel. So what's the big deal? Okay, I don't know for it to look good. Well, that's only a minor benefit. The other benefit is that it doesn't react to anything. Stainless steel, you know, some of you 
might have problem with a thing called salt pitting because people sprinkle salt onto a stainless steel fry pan when they're frying and there's no liquid there and the salt eats into the stainless steel, actually pits the stainless steel. Nano bond doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. It doesn't react to anything. And then the surface, the shiny surface is not just for good looks, Chris. The surface is non-porous. There are no micro pores on the surface, which is why nanobond is so much easier to clean than normal stainless steel. Or that sunray surface that you see, or that satin finish that you see, there are a lot of micro pores here, and that's why it is more difficult to clean. As the nanobond, it is not a non-sick coating. It will last forever. And that the fact that it is sh shiny like that means that there's no micropores, so it makes it much easier to clean than traditional stainless steel. It is not non-sick, I want to stress, but it's just a heck, it's a lot easier to clean. And that, that's, the, that's a great innovation. The fact that, that it, it looks like new forever, that gives you also pleasure, you know, uh, in ownership. People like to hang copper pans on, on, because it looks beautiful and has the nanobond and offers that, um, that satisfaction of ownership. It is beautiful. Ying, the nanobond that I, the best comp I can give to the audience for me, and I don't even know if Stanley would agree, but this is how I like to think about it, is some of the stainless steel pans were like, like a movie made on actual film. Hmm. And this is made on high def digital. Mm -hmm. And it just is like a sharper, crisper, everything's better picture. You know, and and on film, if you don't refresh it every so like 10 years, it starts to age and fade and and look like a old, old film. Right. Nobody likes that. And and I think the nano clad is actually what makes it best in class. And I think I, I, I put my foot in my mouth um, a couple of years back when I said, you know, Heston is, you know, one of the best in there and 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 Stanley corrected me no it is the best <laughs> <laughs> it's such modesty right <laughs> well and yeah. I, I i'm just saying like i i agree since for for professional pans it's pretty great and Stanley's going to be too modest to tell you all the three mission star restaurants that use it but if i was going to deck out and i had high aspirations i'd be decking it out with with mm -hmm. Heston. Um, mm -hmm. So, but, but Stanley, this gets to a question that we talk about on discord and just in general mm -hmm. for the home cook, the average home cook, is this like buying a, a, a race car that they don't know how to drive if they buy like the, no. you know, best in class stuff? Right. No, I, I, I don't think so. For people that love stainless steel, they really should give Heston Anderbon a try. So Stanley, help our help our listeners out a little bit more because I feel like you're partially at fault for this. There, there's so many there's so many options when it comes to cookware and so many kind of proprietary terms. You know, I mean, nanobond is is a proprietary term, but look, if I'm if I'm the average consumer and I'm trying to buy a, a set of cookware, and there's a lot of options at the same price point or within you know a little bit of uh, within a certain range. When it comes to like stainless steel cookware, for instance, what should I actually be concerned with? What am I actually looking for? And what is total mumbo jumbo? If, if money, we have consumers that, that contact our uh, Heston concierge and say, okay, money is not my concern. I don't mind paying more. That's not a concern. So just tell me what, which one is the best. If that is the situation, well, Nanobond, Heston Nanobond is twice as expensive as the leading brand out there in the marketplace. So if, if price isn't your concern, 
Or and actually, if you get a fry pan, that's actually really still it's only a bit a bit more than two hundred dollars. It's not a it's not a lot of money, and it'll give you endless satisfaction for decades of use. And um, so that that's what I would recommend for for people that that actually still prefer traditional stainless steel. The leading brand out there is actually is actually quite good. It's actually I still say for stainless steel it is good, but we have something that's actually better. <laughs> you would expect that <laughs> we have a we have a product called Probon. Is it made by a, a factory that um, that I set up in um, just outside of Milano, forty five minutes outside of Milan, Italy. Twenty five year old factory doing this great technology stuff. Probon is another another great example of, of something planes of stainless steel that is really good. If they want non-stick, the Probon uh, plasma non-stick is the best. And if you want something cheaper, yes, then we we do offer that. And in the market, there are all kinds of alternatives too. Uh, there's other brands that, that for stainless steel that, that that are that are okay, but they are just stainless steel. Stainless steel. If you know, if you love stainless steel, that's totally fine. But if you want something better, then you have a choice now. What hurts non-sick the most? I think it's worthwhile uh, mentioning this so that people understand. The worst thing that would happen to non-sick is not even the use of metal utensils. It's really high heat that you you should be careful not to have high. Put the pan on high, and then and then you come back three minutes later. That's that's too long. That pan is going to burn. You should, you should be you should be uh, paying attention to it. You cannot put the pan on the burn or even on medium heat. And you go answer a phone, and ten, five minutes later, well, that pan is is destroyed because high non-sick cannot withstand high heat, even with hot anodized. But that would be the the, the biggest weakness of it. And uh, otherwise, if you take care of it, don't you, you you can use high heat, but you cannot use high heat without any food on the inside. That's, That's key, right? Out. You have to have food in a non-stick pan. Right. <laughs> exactly. You cannot just preheat the pan and not pay attention. Um, Stanley, um, for all of your success and great ideas and innovation and, and popularizing certain things, can you share with us one that you look back on and be like, I can't believe I came up with that idea so, <laughs> so bad? <laughs> well, that, for me, that would be, I think that would be hot anodized nonstick. That would be the single most innovation in nonstick. Which is still the the general public still prefer nonsense, and that is it's just that that why it is good is not really understood, and and then we have the in the case of um, of some of our nonsense, we have this high low system, and one of our greatest I'm so proud of this new innovation that we have, we actually managed to to embed stainless steel mesh into the nonsense, and then uh, the nonsense is is uh, you can see it. And 95% of the surface is, is still non-stick coating, but that 5%, the stainless steel mesh, actually is a little taller than the non-stick coating. So when you use metal utensils, it just glides on top of the stainless steel mesh. That product is called Anolon X. That's a, it's a great innovation. That's a, our latest innovation that I'm proud of, other than the hot anodized non-stick, which is a, it's a big, it's a, we're very proud but of Stanley, it. Stanley, what about an invention that you're not proud of? Anymore. Oh, there, there, there are. Yeah. There's just all kinds of products that we do just for <laughs> just to compete on price. You keep no, lowering. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but Stanley, you've had to come up with something. You're like, wow, I thought that was a good idea. We built it, but maybe it wasn't a good idea. Maybe I shouldn't have thought about that. Have you ever had something like that? 
well, that's certainly, I remember that you mentioned that it was that when we introduced Circulon back in the 80s, in the, like 80, 1989, we introduced, we thought, wow, Circulon is so good, uh, high low, hot end dice non-stick on aluminum. So why don't we do that on stainless steel? We introduced Circulon non-stick stainless steel, and that was a disaster. <laughs> It wasn't any good because the non-stick technology at the time wasn't good enough to adhere for the non-stick coating to stay, to stick to stainless steel. So we had all kinds of uh, adhesion problem that we are, we're embarrassed about that. We discontinued the product in a few months after we, after we launched it. And so that is, that is one of the notable failures in our cookware business that we have done. That wasn't good. Stanley, you know, I was I was reading this article, I was reading a profile of you, uh, I think in the San Francisco Chronicle from a long time ago, and it was it was kind of telling a story about you were standing there grilling and it occurred to you that, you know, you were getting splatters everywhere and 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 you kind of in this moment of of cooking, you know, you you had an epiphany and you rushed back to go mm-hmm. kind of sketch right. out like a, a different kind of pan that was gonna slope and, and direct the fat and, and liquid another way. Do most do, do the product innovations that you have personally sort of originated or or the ideas that have struck you, do they come mostly from these like practical real world? I'm sitting here, I'm doing this. Like, why is this happening? Or do they come from, we know this is a problem of manufacturing. We need to come up with some new technology. Where does it come from? Actually, our philosophy, our approach to uh, innovation and technology is actually very simple. We do not try to create something that is so incredible uh, that the consumer has never been seen in the world uh, and that, the, that there is no need. Whatever we, we create, we invent, we innovate, we're out there to solve consumer problems. We start with identification of consumer problems first. And then how to solve it, is the, it that is a challenge. And so we invented hot and less non-sick because non-sick was not durable. So we invented hot end dice non-stick. And then so as a nanobond is because we understand that stainless steel is, is not, is really not good as well. That because it's, it's difficult to clean and it, and it is, it stains and scratches. So you know, cons- we start with consumer pain points and then we come up with, uh, with technologies. Some of these technologies are very hard to do. Um, and hot end dice is difficult. It's difficult. Much more difficult is as a nanobond. And so we, we start with that. We, we always just, we, it's very simple. We just try to solve consumer pain points to come up with, to help them so, so that they enjoy the cooking experience more and uh, the joy of cooking. We try to deliver uh, with our innovations, which is very simple. It's, that's, we've just given our secrets away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your daughter, Steph, is yes. working uh, with one David Chang here uh, and has come as has released a line of of cookware, any day cookware. She, I know she had some uh, resistance to just like jumping straight in the family business, but sort of like carving out her own lane here and 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 building this company up with Dave and 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 trying to do what you're saying, this consumer pain point, which is huge. Of like, you've got this magic box in your house that you don't use and can produce all this stuff. Exactly. Do you see? What do you see for Steph's journey in this business? Like, what do you are are you seeing? Sort of like, uh, as a dad, what are you looking at when you're watching her out there on her own now? I am so proud of Steph in how she um, really came up with this uh, new new uh, microwave cookware product, 
called Andy Day, that this is a major breakthrough in, um, in never before as a cookware, glass cookware. Why glass? Because plastic is just not safe. And all of the, all of the, uh, the glass products out there, and then, okay, we use a uh, borosilicate glass, which is the best glass available. And, uh, and it, it has great uh, temperature stability and, and, uh, resistance. So, which is great. But then a uh, glass lid. The other, other, you can say, okay, Pyrex was invented uh, how many years ago? You know, I don't even know. You know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. It, it's, it's nice. It's a kind of glass, but it, it, it is, is it suitable for microwave use? Yes, it is, but then it doesn't do as well as, as uh, any day does. And the secret of any day, if you like, is the way that that, that lid is made. Seth has figured out a way to Seth trap the steam. We all know that microwave cooking is not even. The way the microwave bounces around in the microwave is not even. And that's why in almost every microwave, there is a turntable in there to, to turn food around to make it more even. But with any dado, you know, with that, with that tight fitting lid sealed by silicone rubber, high temperature, Surgical grade silicone, which is totally safe, and then and then there is a a a very a very uh, an innovative steam vent, which is a knob as well, that that traps the steam inside. So now you are you're, they're pumping that microwave energy into the into the glass vessel, and you're you're cooking food, and then and the that steam generated creates a, a uh, trapping the steam inside the cooking vessel. You have a saturated steam environment inside the any day piece of glass cookware, which helps your steaming and your microwaving at the same time. That's the secret of, uh, of it, that it traps it, but it's, it traps it in a way that is totally safe because of that, of the steam vent. It just lets out enough steam so that it is safe. Otherwise, you, you cannot, we'd be like a pressure curve. It, so, and the, the way that the, the pan is, is shaped as well, it's just the steam, the steam circulates around, makes it much more even and speeds up the cooking process as well. So it is a great invention. I'm so proud of her. And, and Dave is doing a great job. But you know, we, we just so by chance, but Dave and, and Chris, you guys love microwave. And then Steph and myself love microwave too, from coming from a different uh, from a, a different perspective, we're, again, we're trying to solve a consumer pain point, which is uh, how to in, how to get people uh, give them microwave cookware that actually works so well, designed for use in the microwave. And then, and then with with uh, Dave and and you guys helping it, the, I think the message is slowly getting out. I say slowly, Dave. Can we do it any faster? <laughs> I know we're trying. We're trying. Lord knows we're trying. Yeah, it it, it is a wonderful piece of technology and then you are contributing to it. So thank you. Yeah, really, I cannot be more proud and more excited about what this would help the average consumer to in, to speed up cooking at home. And, and, and you, can, you can almost do anything. You can even do grains, you can do rice in it and desserts and all sorts of things that people never dream about that you, wow, you can do that in the microwave. And you can do, you, know, you can go chicken and, and whatever it is, and pasta. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing piece of cookware. Stanley, do you have, I mean, speaking of the innovations, do you have a list of your top five innovations or products that you've seen in your, your life of working in this business? Well, in terms of cookware that I have seen that, that, that is so great. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the walk. <laughs> 
I love using glass lids in general because you can see through it. I love the hard anodized non-stick. I, I love Hessen Nanobond and I love any day. Wow, that's five already. <laughs> we, we, have, we have a lot more, but then yeah, there are a lot more, there are all kinds of, of different shapes of products. Like for example, I, I made a, a, a grill pan that's intended for use on, on not only the barbecue, but a, a gas cooktop as well, a grill pan with vents in the grill pan with sloping, uh, sloping surface so that the drippings would drain away. And I, I don't think I've shown you guys that pan, but it's, that's, it's, a, it's a nice product. That is a, a, great, a nice grilling product. That is a, we haven't actually commercialized it in a good way. So it is, that product is, a, is something that we still have yet to, uh, to advertise. What is one thing, Stanley, one, one product or innovation that you wish you had come up with or you had, you had patented? Well, I actually, I actually patented anodized. We have an Essen <laughs> nanobond, but that, that, that patent expired, though, however. Yeah, and we, we, we're not able to uh, renew that. Nanobond is still, we have 14 patents covering it. But don't you just wish that you had called like a pressure cooker an instant pot? Don't you just wish that you had just come up with a well, silly name that, for a pressure it, it, cooker? The, I, I, think, I think the instant pot is a, there is a great example of uh, of a good marketer. Instapot is a, is a great product. I think the messaging that they have is wonderful and the whole part, whole meal in one. Robert Wang, the founder of Instapot, has done a great job with that. And my, my even my assistant says she loves Instapot because of the, the ease of use. See, that, that, is, that is something that, in fact, that, that um, Dave has done a great job teaching the world how to, how to cook easier and not necessarily have to uh, follow straight recipes. And it just, if you, after a while, you, you know how to cook easy and just really on the fly, you can create your own, your own recipes, your own creation. And uh, so uh, any day is a, is a, is, is another a great innovation. Any day I think has great potential. I think in the coming years is, is going to be, it's really going to change. It's going to get popular and uh, maybe like in, like, like instant pot, it will be, it will gain in momentum and be a household word. God bless, God willing. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley, uh, we appreciate you coming on, talking to us about all of these questions that the Discord community we have has been asking, and just sort of in general. Even though we've talked about a lot of these topics, I think it's, I don't know why it seems complex or people just don't seem to appreciate like the the facts out there so thanks for laying them out there again no it's it's a pleasure and and really the joy of cooking is really you 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 make it look simple and it it, the way that you do it 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 is simple you know and you create the feel yeah you you are you are helping to uh, change the world dave you guys (laughs) you make it entertaining (laughs) yeah I mean, all I have to do for Stanley is get my golf game together, and I think we're, the world will be improved well, for Stanley. Yeah, and uh, and really, Chef Corey Lee, who is a buddy of yours, he is actually really good, Dave. So I don't know who's better. Maybe one day we can find out. Uh, you know how to push his buttons. You know how to well, push clearly, his buttons, Stanley. Corey, 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 you're just better at everything, clearly. I'm just going to... Don't give up, Dave. Come on, oh, we know. We know. You, you are so. Since then, where have you been so humble, Dave? <laughs> yeah. 
Corey, we bow to you. Thank you, Corey Lee, for gracing us with your magnificence. Thank you very much, Corey Lee. This this podcast is dedicated to Chef Corey Lee of Ben. <laughs> and his, oh, and his okay. golf game, specifically. <laughs> specifically his golf game. Thanks, Stanley. Thanks, Stanley. Hey, wonderful talking to you guys. That was our conversation with Stanley Cheng. He really is uh, unbelievably amazing and he has been so instrumental in almost everything that you use in a home kitchen and professional kitchen and even if there's a product you use that hasn't been actually made by him is probably somebody copied him <laughs> and that that is just the truth of the matter so and he's just too nice he won't even talk shit about the people that sell garbage out there god he wouldn't name names he wouldn't the name ceramic names. ceramic uh nonstick companies but it's true. We've talked about it before on this podcast. Anybody that says it's a nonstick ceramic or anything that's like a diamond or whatever, they may start a religion based on two stone <laughs> tablets that are no longer found when the authorities come to check it out. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Give us five stars, still, regardless of your belief system. Just. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Stanley. <laughs> I won't say no more. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Enter the Kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.